and I wanted to take you behind the scenes of how our next interview came to be. I was researching New Year's Eve because it's just a few days away. And I was trying to find if there was any new research out about the day, about our happiness on that night, about how we plan to spend it. Did the pandemic change what we like to do on December 31st and so on and so on. And the situation was every single time I researched New Year's Eve, I came up with the same study and it's called The Pursuit and Assessment of Happiness can be self-defeating. The thing is, that's a study from 20 years ago. It researched New Year's Eve 1999 into the year 2000. But I thought, what if I just contacted the report author from that and just said, hey, has anything changed in 20 years with this report? Is anything different because of the pandemic, because of our social media, because of how we're living our lives now? So joining us because he agreed to do it. Joining us is Jonathan Schooler, psychologist and distinguished professor at the University of California, Santa Barbara, and one of the authors of this report back from 2000. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for inviting me. So let's flash backwards (laughs) 20 plus years ago. Why were you interested in studying happiness and its connection specifically to New Year's Eve? Well, I was involved in the founding of the positive psychology movement, uh, which was uh, not just movement, but even sort of whole research agenda. And uh, I thought it was uh, valuable, but I was concerned that it was putting too much emphasis on the pursuit of happiness per se instead of other aspects as well. And so we were just sort of interested in exploring, uh, is it possible to pursue happiness uh, too stridently and uh, pay the consequences. Now, what you did was in 1999, you took a group of people who are friends, colleagues, connections, surveyed them in 99, and then as the clock ticked midnight into 2000, went back to them, revisited their expectations versus reality. And what did you discover and was it surprising to you? Yeah, well, uh, what we found was that those people who had greater expectations for how much fun they were going to have uh, ended up being the most disappointed in how much fun they actually had. So the their efforts at uh, um, having really big bashes seemed to backfire and led them to be less satisfied ultimately. Now, is that the hypothesis all along that when you spend so much time planning a menu and a party and a limo ride and the perfect kiss at midnight and all those things that go into a New Year's Eve, is there any chance you're going to leave the night and think, wow, that was the best night of my life? Yeah, I wouldn't want to um, discourage people from um, uh, trying to um, have a, a good plan. I think it's it's really a matter of how much emphasis you put into um, really trying to make it the best possible time versus a more uh, modest expectations of having a having a good time. And we did expect this pattern. We had done a previous study in which we had individuals uh, listen to music. And in one condition, we asked them to listen to it and try to make themselves as happy as they could with it. And the other condition, we just asked them to listen to it. We had another condition where we asked them to monitor their happiness. And what we found is that both the 
act of listening to the music and trying to make themselves as happy as possible, or simply listening to the music and monitoring their happiness led them to be less happy than mm -hmm. if they were uh, simply listening to the music. So it seems like this very explicit intention to uh, try to make oneself happy can backfire. And given that we'd already conducted this previous study listening to music, we were expecting uh, people to have this paradoxical effect with respect to the New Year's Eve study. Now, Dr. Schooler, was it you who picked the quotes to go on top of your piece, the pursuit and assessment of happiness can be self-defeating? Uh, you know, it's 20 years ago, so I, I can't say for sure, but I do think they are they're quite apt. I like them. I'm just going to share them quickly if you don't have the study in front of you. One of them is by George Bernard Shaw, which says the only way to avoid being miserable is not to have enough leisure to wonder whether you're happy or not. Yes, and I have another metaphor. I can't remember if it made it into the paper or not. Uh, and that is uh, of a faint star. You know, if you stare directly at a faint star, it disappears. And this has to do with the uh, receptors in our retina. But if you keep it out a little bit to the side, you can see it. And I think the very same thing is true with happiness. If you, if you actively to stare, trying to get right at happiness, if that's your primary goal, it, it can disappear like a faint star. But if you keep it out to the periphery where you know that it's something you're interested in, but it's not your primary goal, I think you're more likely in actually encountering it. That's beautiful. Um, if you're just joining us, by the way, we're talking to psychologist and professor Jonathan Schooler, who published an important paper on New Year's Eve and happiness back in the year 2000. Uh, is that star quote yours? Yeah, it, it is my metaphor. It actually happens to be an all-purpose metaphor. You can apply it to all sorts of things. I think, you know, for example, creativity, if you're trying to be creative uh, explicitly, that can that can backfire. If you're if you're looking for love too hard, that can backfire. A lot of things. Keeping a little to off off to the center of your goal may actually increase the likelihood of them happening. Hmm. Interesting. Deep deep thoughts and thoughtful thoughts as we finish off 2023. I also wanted to ask you though, since this is 1999 and 2000 research. And you can say, well, that was only, you know, 20 some years ago. But when you look at how the world has changed, what we've lived through since then, is our understanding of happiness, especially on a night like New Year's Eve, different when you consider we've lived and survived through a pandemic? Technology is radically different now than it was in 2000. So maybe back then you couldn't document or catch happiness. But if someone is filming you and you don't know and it ends up on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook maybe your happiness is captured. So can we talk about now if happiness is exactly the same or if history has changed us? Well, you know, it's always hard to um, make these uh, historical uh, comparisons, but I do think it is, uh, there is concern that uh, social media uh, has increased our tendency to ask the question am as am i as happy as this as these other people who i'm seeing showing all these uh, amazing celebrations and and positive experiences so there is a real concern that the happiness may excuse me that social media may exacerbate some of the processes that we initially identified in that early study but uh, i am happy to report in a sort of uh unhappy way <laughs> that 
the the basic findings uh, ha seem to be robust. That is, there seems to be a continued evidence that individuals who ha have a, a very strong focus on attempting to achieve happiness uh, can that can backfire. Much of this research has been uh, explored by the University of Berkeley professor Iris Maus. And so uh, I encourage people to look at some of the work that she's been doing in this regard. And what she did in uh, her research was to uh, create sort of a valuing of happiness questionnaire uh, and asking people uh, questions that basically sort of indicated how absolutely central to their lives they considered happiness to be and found that when individuals were uh, especially emphasizing the value of happiness uh, that that they were actually tended to be less happy and she was also able to do it experimentally where uh, she introduced uh, fake news which essentially uh, told people that people who are uh, particularly happy show all sorts of benefits and then she showed them a, a positive video of someone winning a a, a prize for uh, uh, the Olympics and what she found was that those people who uh, had been told that happiness is something that uh, is very helpful in all sorts of aspects of your life actually gained less pleasure from watching this uh, person winning the Olympic medal. So uh, it does seem that an excessive focus on um, the pursuit of happiness uh, is uh, still a problematic. Other studies have shown that it can lead people to be uh, more lonely uh, and also to feel like time is slipping away. Hmm. One more positive development, though, is that it seems to be that the value of um, of of happiness, uh, or let me put this another way, that the challenge in the pursuit of happiness is particularly an issue if you're worrying about happiness. So when uh, people endorse statements such as, I worry about my happiness even when I'm happy, or when I'm happy, there's something, when I'm not happy, there's something wrong with me. That seems to be the sort of perspective that is particularly problematic. So it may be that the pursuit of happiness is okay so long as you're not too worried about not experiencing happiness all the time. And that is a complicated way to live. I only have a couple more minutes to speak to you, and I want to just slip in one more question. When I was looking at your um, long list of history and accolades, you are right now at the University of California, Santa Barbara, but for a while you were just west of us at the University of British Columbia, UBC. So when you were there, did you ever dip over here? to our province of Alberta to find a little happiness, be it in our mountains or in our beautiful different areas? I did. You guys have a lot more sunshine than we have uh, in Vancouver. So it was nice to escape to some sunshine. 